John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. show avengers endgame just had the biggest opening weekend in movie history and i know a lot of people haven't seen it and are worried about spoilers but our show's got a lot going on as well so if you're watching this on the east coast don't tell your west coast friends what's going to happen but i'll i'll give you a little teaser tonight i'm going to kill one of my staff members will it be my assistant jack or will it be my script supervisor captain america let's get the show started Jeffries, and this week was a bad one for babies hoping to catch up on Game of Thrones. No screen time for babies and only one hour for kids under five. That is a recommendation from the World Health Organization. It just issued its first ever guidance for how much screen time children under five should get. No screen time for babies. I totally agree. I've never put a baby in front of a screen unless it was being annoying and I had some errands to run. Any... (laughs) Anyway, don't worry about that baby. It wasn't a good baby. That that baby's gone. Yes, we begin our lives staring at screens and it only gets worse from there. Nowadays, our reliance on devices have become a full-blown addiction. Technology has an impact on memory, concentration, mood, so anxiety and depression. It has an impact on sleep. It has an impact on overall well-being. That sounds like an addiction to me. Though they left out the part where you're always the last one at the genius bar offering blowies for more data. (laughs) I don't suck them off for the data. I suck them off because they're geniuses. (laughs) Over 76% of Americans say they're addicted to their phones. Amazing that so many people would admit to that. I'm not addicted to my phone. I'm addicted to what's on my phone. It's the porn that I'm obsessed with. The phone is just the porn facilitator. Like, people are addicted to drugs. Nobody's addicted to spoons and belts. No one goes to Bottleaholics Anonymous. I shouldn't say no one. Maybe there's someone who's addicted to making that toot-toot train noise with the empty bottles. But it shouldn't be surprising that there are so many phone addicts. Apps are designed to be addictive. That's why they're constantly rewarding us with likes and streaks and positive notifications. It's called gamification and it's turning us all into lab rats. We use AI and neuroscience to help apps become more engaging and persuasive. In other words, more addictive. So this is what our AI is figuring out, how to personalize for every person uniquely, whether that's the extra 10 points, the good job, the high five, the congrats. Have you noticed how everything we do now is a game? We won't exercise unless there's a little badge. Meditation apps like Calm share your daily streaks and notifications reminding you to breathe because nothing relaxes me more than a robot telling me to breathe. Some apps assume you won't be able to even do basic chores unless you can pretend to be a fairy tale character or an action hero while you do them.
Is it just me or is that commercial a little racist? I mean, of course the Asian woman doesn't want to fold laundry. She's probably exhausted from doing it all day at the dry cleaners, I assume she owns. <laughs> of course, that's a stereotype. She may work in a nail salon. Companies also use gamification to push their employees to work harder. Target started up a game to track their checkout clerks. Amazon warehouse workers are given points on a scoreboard and they can be fired if they score poorly. And at the Apple factory, they're using an incentive called work hard for a bowl of rice and an iPod shuffle with no headphones. <laughs> We're so accustomed to everything being a game, it's hard to recognize when companies are using it against us. Part of Bunchball's effectiveness is the result of using gamification. Data is sent to Bunchball, which then provides real-time data and data-driven achievement feedback and recognition to let your people know they're on the right track or what they need to do to course correct. Uh, let me get this straight. A f***ing ball is collecting data on how little work I do. <laughs> then it tells my boss, and that's supposed to be fun. Imagine trying to explain this to your child. All right, son, it's very important to work hard because otherwise a video game ball will snitch on you and you'll get fired. That's why daddy's home all day. Because a ball told on me. I'm a grown man, Billy. What happened to doing things just because you have to f***ing do them? Gamification will never change the fact that some things just suck. If it has an app, you know it's a shit activity. Fun things don't have apps. F***ing doesn't need an app. <laughs> now, meeting people to f that needs an app because meeting people is horrible. <laughs> Chores will always suck. Calling it a game doesn't make it a game in the same way that just calling something a joke doesn't make it a joke. I'll show you, I'll show you. What do you get when you cross a pelican and a rhino? Suck my d <laughs> Oh, actually, that's got a laugh. That's not a bad joke. <laughs> Maybe it's my best joke. <laughs> Sounds like good material for my next comedy special. <laughs> Maybe one day we can all put down our phones and go back to doing things for the sake of doing them. Because it's pretty sad that we're all so simple-minded that we'll allow ourselves to be manipulated just for a dumb gold star. Ah! Oh! Ah, that's the good at words coin. I get one of those when I go a whole hundred words without messing up. I'm almost at 20 crons. Ah, we'll be root dick. Big news, America. Soon you'll have an entirely new way to overindulge. I went to Australia where they've got a head start. Take a look. Smoking, drugs, fast food, social media. At least two of these things are menaces to society. But now, America is facing something that could have an even bigger impact. Legal nationwide sports gambling. The Supreme Court will allow states to legalize sports betting. Soon you, the reasonable sports viewer, <laughs> will be able to bet on any event from the comfort of your own home. But how do we strike a balance between a friendly wager and draining your kid's college fund? Luckily, a continent full of ex-cons is already running the experiment for us. Australia. 
the government completely legalised sports betting back in the 80s. So I sat down with gambling addiction expert Dr Sally Gainsbury to hear how Aussies have handled it. And of course, as a good Australian, even she likes to get in on the heat. Do you gamble? Sometimes. Yeah, what do you like? What 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 do you bet on? My family actually has a history of horse race ownership. Oh, really? I like the blackjack. If people around me aren't playing their cards properly, I get angry. Yeah, that's one of the signs of problem gambling. You don't know me. Why is gambling addictive? Gambling is based on a random reinforcement schedule, which means you never know when you are going to win. That's the excitement, the thrill, the risk, the chase. And since gambling's legal across the country, Australians lose more money than anyone in the world. And in extreme cases, people lose their savings, their homes, and it can even lead to suicide. So what's the government doing to deter gambling addiction? I see a little tiny card that says, do you have issues with gambling? This isn't a big deterrent. No. Shouldn't there be a picture of some kid going hungry or something that they have to look at the whole time? Those fear campaigns don't really work. Maybe like a noose on the roof that lowers every time you lose a hundred bucks. That's probably pretty severe. Yeah, but I'm fixing problems. Now, what do you foresee happening to America with this? America, like Australia, is going to be absolutely inundated with advertising. That's right. To see America's future, just look to Australia's sports teams. Betting company logos are everywhere. Soccer, tennis, horse racing, cricket, cycling, f***ing darts. And of course, the extremely popular National Rugby League. So I wanted to visit one of these teams myself, the West Tigers in Sydney. The Tigers signed a deal with betting agency Neds to prominently feature Ned's logo on the team's jersey. 100 bucks I can get that through. Oh, no, you know, I don't want to take your money. Come on, it's part of the culture. I got this. Oh, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Hurt like that. Still got it. So, he wouldn't bet me, but the Tigers certainly don't have any problem advertising betting to me. So I sat down with Tigers CEO, Justin Pascoe, to see if teams bear any responsibility for Australia's gambling addiction. Does Australia have a gambling problem? Uh, I'm not probably qualified enough to answer that. Um, But look, we've got a belief that people have the responsibility to make their own decision and the right decision, but it's highly regulated. You have uh, Ned's written on the back, but wouldn't it just be nice to have a plain jersey? From our position with our club, we don't... Um, rely on it in terms of massive income. It makes less than 2% of our overall income. Is it worth it? Well, it's still significant enough. Booze started to advertise. Then now we've got gambling. I reckon next is prostitution. I reckon we can get Janice from down the road. We we haven't haven't had that approach yet, so... Companies advertise like this because it works. And Americans better get ready to open their wallets. Because Australians spend a crazy amount per person on gambling. One thousand three hundred and something dollars per person. Per person per every per... year. So where do you think America will come? America's sitting around seven hundred. So that will ramp up with the accessibility. That'll ramp, of the app. ramp up with the app. Yeah. That's right, America. Once you have a gambling app in your pocket, you'll be number one. And corporations are already chomping at the bit. ESPN has tested in-game betting updates. A cover alert. Eighteen and a half was the point spread. Fox Sports has a daily primetime betting show. Plus, NBA and other leagues have made MGM their official gaming partner. Supporters say one reason we should welcome legalised gambling is that it brings a lot of tax revenue we wouldn't get otherwise. 
But let's be honest, the only reason we really want it is... It's fun. Well, it's that as well. It's really fun. If you're watching two teams and you don't give a shit about either of them, even if you put on a dollar, all of a sudden you care. Yeah, look, everything in moderation is fun, right? Sure, that argument works for most people, but this is America. We invented Black Friday, buffets, and binge watching. You think we're really going to gamble in moderation? Which is why the US needs to start putting regulations and treatment programs in place now. Get out in front of it. But am I worried about a few ads in a stadium or on a jersey? I mean, I grew up in the 80s, surrounded by gambling and cigarette logos, and it didn't seem to affect me at all. Because when I was a kid, I used to watch rugby league, and the rugby league was then called the Winfield yeah. Cup. <laughs> that tobacco association with sports is what led to that being banned. So there was research that showed that after things like the Winfield Cup, kids could tell you all the different cigarette brands. You just keep talking. So now you have gambling companies named on the logos of the shirt. Mm -hmm. Making that association, sports are good, sports players are good, gambling must be good as well. Someone give me a cigarette? See? Didn't affect me at all. We'll be right back. Welcome back! Ah, you couldn't get enough of me, could you? Seems odd. I'm not a hard habit to break. I could give you the phone number of several women who quit me cold turkey. <laughs> But a lot of people do struggle with addiction and often they're blamed for their own problem. It's a tricky balance between addiction and personal responsibility. We can't simply ban anything potentially addictive. After all, cell phones, sugar, prostitution will always be legal. And it's impossible to get rid of illegal drugs. Wait, what? Prostitution? The US Drug Enforcement Agency has an efficiency rate of less than 1%. When it comes to stopping the flow of drugs into the US, a perfect example of this is crystal meth. The US government tried to stop its production by strictly regulating the sale of chemicals used to manufacture the drug. But the supply of meth still stayed the same. Mexican drug cartels immediately took over. No, no, not the cartels. It's important to buy local. That's why I get all my crystal meth off Etsy. And after the meth ate my original teeth, I was able to replace them using local artists. What about drug dealers? Are they to blame for creating addicts? Some states have considered bills to charge dealers with murders in overdose cases. But that doesn't seem right. If a dealer can be guilty of murder, aren't they also responsible for the good things that happen on drugs? <laughs> hey, whoever sold the Beatles LSD should be getting royalties for Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. <laughs> and whoever sold whippets to Hoobastanks should be getting the death penalty. <laughs> And what about people who don't develop harmful addictions? Shouldn't we get some credit for being responsible drug users? Simply taking a drug doesn't mean you'll be addicted. Some people are able to handle themselves just fine. In Vietnam, 20% of all American troops were using loads of heroin. Now, those soldiers who were using loads of heroin were followed home. It turns out they didn't go to rehab. They didn't go into withdrawal. 95% of them just stopped. I hate bad stand-up. <laughs> of course they got off heroin. All their connections were in Southeast Asia. Back home, it was harder to find. They didn't even have taco trucks in Cedar Rapids until the late 70s. So I'm guessing black tar heroin was a tough get. <laughs> we 
We usually try to keep people from becoming addicted to drugs by imposing strict laws and harsh punishments. But the truth is, people do better when they're allowed to be responsible for themselves. Portugal became the first country in the world to decriminalize all drugs. Users aren't considered as criminals, but rather treated as patients in a health-first approach. Those using heroin has fallen from about 100,000 to around 50,000 today. Way to go, Portugal, or as I call you, the New Zealand of Spain. <laughs> There's always a risk involved in anything potentially addictive, and the person who chooses to indulge always bears some responsibility. But instead of casting blame, the right way to fight a drug crisis is by empowering people to help themselves, by giving them access to affordable rehabilitation and social services that won't land them in I couldn't even, I couldn't even get through it. That'll never happen in America. We need new ideas. If gamification is a way to make unfun things seem more fun, then maybe we need to ungamify drugs so they seem less fun. Make them harder and more annoying to do. This'll work. <laughs> For instance, you want ecstasy? No problem. You just have to get it from the DMV. Oh. Oh, you want to experience total bliss, do you? Sorry, that's Form 545B. This is the line for Form 545D. Also, we're closed. Come back tomorrow when we're fully booked. <laughs> or maybe you're addicted to sugar. You can still eat all the donuts you want, but like other drugs, they'll be cut with impure things you don't want, like broccoli and glass. But I'll tell you how we really end drug addiction. We get rid of the one thing they all have in common. Plastic. Plastic! Think about it. No more Ziploc baggies to sell drugs in. <laughs> One-inch baggies are only good for two things. Cocaine and packing a school lunch for a mouse. And if you're packing a mouse lunch, you're probably doing cocaine. <laughs> Plastic, I tells ya. No more straws for snorting or credit cards for cutting lines. They're all gone. You can't cut coke with Apple Pay. Plastic is the problem. Plastic syringes, big lighters, red solo cups. Now you students will be forced to clean that one mug you have. <laughs> and without condoms and balloons, there'll be no more smuggling. Try smuggling a coke rock up your ass wrapped in a bit of tin foil. <laughs> Not now. Wait until the Daily Show is on. I... I find my asshole relaxes and opens up whilst watching Trevor Noah. <laughs> so no more plastic. It's good for you. It's good for the environment. This'll work. Fact. We'll be right back. That's our show, but before we go, some bad news out of Brazil. Apparently, a thousand men have been getting their penises amputated each year due to bad hygiene. The president of Brazil called the amputations ridiculous and sad and said, we have to find a way to get out of the bottom of this hole. <laughs> well, Mr. President, the easiest way would be with a Q-tip and some antibacterial cream. Oh! All right, I've been waiting for that one. But all jokes aside, and believe me, there are many, many jokes. This, this is a serious issue. 
Someone needs to stand up for these dicks. Dicks have a lot of problems and sure, they get us into plenty of binds, but they also create life and for that they deserve soap. Remember that Dawn Dish Soap ad campaign where they clean birds after oil spills? Why should birds get soap when all they do is shit on everything? You know I could use some soap? My car you shut on, you duck. Here at the Jim Jeffrey Show, we want to help the dicks of Brazil. So we're proud to release our patented Janitor Jim Jeffrey's Janitorial Johnson Scrub. Our special scrub comes in three scents. Winter's Morning, Summer's Dew, and Ronaldo. You know, for that local touch. He, he's an ugly man. For every bottle purchased, one bottle will be donated to a small Brazilian village where rescuers will work tirelessly to scrub dicks until no dick is left unscrubbed. And that's the Jim Jeffries promise. This is not a promise, this is not a deal. Thank you everyone who's the best of luck. That's our show. Thanks for watching. I think we can all do better. Good night. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.